0: Good job, everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Good job. Everybody involved with this episode of
1: Television. Oh, my God.
0: Kudos to you. Emmy Awards all around. <laughs> yeah. Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and nomadic carnival folk. I'm Dave Reed.
1: And I'm Kristen Riley.
0: And this is The Rotating Cast Files.
1: Where we watch and discuss those television shows that were canceled too soon.
0: Today, we have the unfortunate responsibility to be talking about Carnival Season 1, Episode 6, Pick a Number. It originally aired October 19th, Ought 3. It was written by the bastard Ronald D. Moore. (laughs) (laughs) And directed by Rodrigo Garcia.
1: In case you haven't, seen this episode it's really heavy it's definitely very good but it's i'm gonna cry the whole time so i already cried the whole time watching it that's why we're we're saying this <laughs> that's why oh. ronald D.
0: Moore is a bastard
1: i am just already getting misty all right
0: previously on carnival babylon will be upon us soon well if there wasn't nobody to come we wouldn't be here you don't know half as much as you pretend to i know who you are but do you know what that means? Yeah, I know, Scudder. He killed Carl Buttridge. No blow off. Daddy. Yes. Oh, no. Fucking hell. I didn't even deliver oh, no very well. Cause no, you didn't. I couldn't. Oh. Uh.
1: All right. In the HBO summary, it opens with, Bad things happen in this world. Mama says things are better in the next. That will come back
0: oh God. about
1: the middle of this episode.
0: Uh, and really hammer you in the face at the end
1: yeah thirsty for payback the carnies get caught up in an obscure yet fascinating phenomenon known as carnival justice ben's dark adventure in the mineshaft ends and loads is there to welcome him back into the fold welcome is a strong word
0: at least there's a bit of levity in this episode oh, with God. that
1: the least sad parts of this episode are the <laughs> world war one flashbacks wow. yeah
0: yeah that's Wow.
1: And it's not incorrect, is it? No. (laughs) Meanwhile, brother Justin decides to take a trip, destination unknown, and ends up wandering in the wilderness. Later, he swaps campfire stories with a group of hobos, one of whom is about to change Justin's life. I'm not sure if all of these terms are accurate (laughs) for today's, for how we would say them today. This is literally what's on HBO. So...
0: I think it was probably the original description. Yeah. And they just didn't update it in the last 20 years. Yes, I agree. Just realized 20 years ago.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. This show is so good. Remind me that I said that in about four minutes. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Never mind. Three minutes. I already have a note about it. All right. The opening. Jonesy with his head underwater, eyes open. He's reminiscing about his past. We get a violent detail. He didn't injure his knee as a player. It was taken with a baseball bat. We don't know who these guys are right now.
0: No, but Jonesy's dressed nice. He, looks, he is. He looks good.
1: Everybody's very dapper. It doesn't help. As the man swings the baseball bat into his knee, Jonesy emerges from the water, present time, gasping. The carnival collects those that life has otherwise beaten or neglected. Nobody has a good entrance into arriving at carnival.
0: No. Not really.
1: Not that every, I mean, this episode is really rough, but not that every day is terrible for them, usually, but nobody got here in a good way. Jonesy, done with his bath or water meditation. I'm trying so hard to be like, it's okay, everybody. (laughs) Peers into the nearest tent to see Stumpy laying watch over Dorme. Three minutes in and the grief is getting to me. (laughs) I was crying already. Yeah. Yeah. As Jonesy leaves them, Gecko comes around the corner. Apparently word hasn't spread around the entire carnival yet, because Gecko is upset that the carnival is being shut down. Shut down. And he's like, But we have two more shows. How am I gonna make any money if I can't do my last two shows? And that's when he gets the news. <sighs>
0: <laughs> he's upset.
1: Oh yeah. We see Rita Sue rushing through the carnival looking for Libby because we realize we haven't seen Libby in a long time.
0: This is terrifying.
1: Yes. Lila runs over to Rita Sue. She's just heard. And when she realizes that Rita Sue is looking for Libby, she says, oh, God, and runs off to find her also. (laughs) Libby, obviously unaware of what's happening, struts up all attitude. She's got her hand on her hip. She's smoking a cigarette. She says, they weren't John's if you're looking for your cut. Rita Sue slaps her and then hugs her. And <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Can you imagine no. being Libby? No. In that moment?
0: I can't imagine being anybody in this moment. Yeah. It's all, oh my God.
1: Meanwhile, Samson is talking to one of the miners. They all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody looks the same to me They're all
0: dirty wearing the same outfit
1: (laughs) They're all dirty white men Who are terrifying (laughs) I'm afraid of all of them So they are basically the same person But this guy is like the stand-in mayor (laughs) I guess He says he's got 500 men How is he supposed to find the man Who killed their whore And Samson tells him he doesn't actually care Who this guy picks It could be you for all I care but there has to be someone by morning.
0: This miner is uninterested in the justice. Oh
1: my God, he doesn't care even a little bit. As Samson walks away, Jonesy asks how it went. Samson tells him, then asks if Jonesy is sober. Jonesy says, Enough. <laughs> Samson orders a head count after the midway clears to make sure no one else is missing. Jonesy reveals he knows about management and tells Samson that he's fine taking orders, just be straight with him, which I thought was really a good dialogue. Because it's not that Jonesy doesn't understand he is not in charge. Right. It's that he just doesn't want to be lied to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jonesy is done with the charade. The management is not Samson.
1: And I I really like it. He's like, I will just tell me that what you want. Yeah. Be straight with me and I'll do it.
0: It's Dutch. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to bring levity at any point that I can.
1: Oh my gosh. Samson, upset that Jonesy entered the trailer, warns that he could have been killed. This is interesting, since we know little to nothing about management beyond him being an entity we cannot see who tells Samson things. We assume. Although we get the feeling management is something, it's unclear which of Samson's orders are from management versus from Samson himself, if it matters. But it probably doesn't for most things up until this point where Ben arrived.
0: Also, Jonesy's been in the trailer, and has seen that there is no nobody in there. Right. So there is no management. So all of the orders are coming from Samson.
1: Yes. My point is, up until very recently, it wouldn't have really mattered.
0: Right. Now that they're just following this trail for the new guy. Yeah. And I'm not even sure that Jonesy knows that the trail is for the new guy.
1: He assumes. he said stuff in other.
0: He, he has said... He's things,
1: blaming, Ben's, or blaming right. Ben's arrival.
0: Everything's different now that you're here.
1: Yeah. So he's put that together.
0: Yeah. So he probably knows.
1: Yeah. He doesn't know the why behind the why on the face yeah, you're here He's and not, now we have to do stuff.
0: Yeah. He's not been part of the Scudder no, uh, conversations.
1: He hasn't. Ben and Lodes are still MIA, so they don't know what's going on. Back in California, Brother Justin is praying. He's reciting Genesis 22, the offering of Isaac. I looked it up. It's a horrifying story. Um, Isaac is spared in the end, but not Justin's children. So if you're unfamiliar with the offering of Isaac, like I was, basically God is talking to Abraham, Isaac's dad, and God says, yo, murder your son. Yeah. Take him out here to this mountain. And then just like slaughter him and shit. And so Abraham says, all right. And lies to his son on the way out to the mountain. Isaac's like, Yo, dad, we got the other stuff that we needed, but where's the lamb? And Abraham's like, God will provide.
0: <laughs> God said to Abe, you better kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want to, but...
1: Next time you see me coming, you better run.
0: Out on that? Highway 61. <laughs> it's a Bob that? Dylan song.
1: Oh, Well, that's not the end of the story, actually. Abraham is going to murder Isaac, but then God or angels said, no, no, no. Nah, you don't have to do that. Just kidding. We just wanted to see if you would do it. lol. <laughs> yes. And then there was a ram stuck in some briars because it was stuck there with its horns. And then that's what they ended up slaughtering. And then Isaac just has to go back home with his dad <laughs> who was going to murder him on the mountain and just be like, that was real fun, dad. Hey,
0: God said to.
1: My fucking word. What is, what is this?
0: Is your child being killed? It is a parallel with what is happening at the carnival.
1: Can you imagine it's it is that and it's also a parallel with Justin because everything's a parallel. But can you imagine being Isaac? Like that man's just fucked for the rest of his life, right? Probably. Unless he he understands
0: that God does what God wants and you have to follow.
1: No, there is no trust anymore. That's gonna break all trust forever. Isaac's gonna be a horrible person, and it's Abraham's fault. (laughs) I think
0: Isaac needs to be a little bit more understanding.
1: No. This is what Justin is reciting. I couldn't find the exact version because the the website that I looked up had the had all of the different religions variations on this and it I couldn't find the one that was actually in the the show. So, I don't know which Bible he's using. But Justin is reciting this and saying, "But Isaac is spared. Why not my children?" He's questioning God's intent, and this is when he's, I don't know if he's ever questioned God's intent this much. Probably not. So that's what he's doing.
0: See, Justin was special. God told him to do this special thing, and then God took this special thing away from him, so he's not special anymore. Yeah. That's God rough.
1: sucks. Every iteration of God I hear about is just like, ugh, what an awful dude. Do not want to be friends with. No thank you. As for Ben, the mineshaft that he's in gradually shifts into the World War One trench that he's been seeing in his dreams, and he soon occupies Scudder's position in the setting.
0: Yeah, it's real cool. Just I love the transition. Everything The transition's real good.
1: It was really, really well That's good well set
0: done. design. Good job set design. Yeah. But the fact that he's just mimicking everything, getting rid of the hat, putting on the helmet, picking up the rifle. Yeah. Very well done.
1: It was really good. He encounters the dancing bear, and through Ben, we are allowed a longer glimpse of what transpired.
0: Yeah, now we know what happened to the Russian guy.
1: Yep. Scudder encountered the bear and tried to shoot it, but his gun jammed. The bear reared up, but chose to attack the Russian soldier peering over the edge of the trench instead, who was also about to shoot at it.
0: He did shoot at it. He
1: did, that's right.
0: That's what got the bear's attention. Yep. Because Ben slash Scudder... Did you say his gun jammed? Yeah. Yeah. So there was no loud sound. Right. And then...
1: I mean, but everything's loud.
0: Very true. But very loud, very close.
1: Yes. Shocked, Ben climbs up the trench wall and out into no man's land, where he runs into a younger and non-blind Lodes, calling out for his bear, Bruno. A shell explodes nearby, and Ben is thrown back into reality and into the arms of the current day Lodes or really at the feet of, who had been waiting for Ben to emerge from the mine.
0: Says you're awake. So we learn that Ben was never actually in the mine. He was just passed out in front of it, apparently? Dreaming?
1: I don't know. Because he does
0: say, tell me what you saw in your dreams.
1: He does. And then Ben declines to.
0: Because we're back to Ben being a little shit.
1: Of course. I could see not wanting to talk about it immediately, because you just landed out of being (laughs) exploded at. But, like, dude, give me... Two minutes, and then I'll start telling you. <laughs> I've been in a mine for two days or something at this point. He does 36 have hours.
0: the word on his arm still.
1: He does, and he covers it up. <laughs>
0: because he doesn't want loads to see it.
1: <laughs> That's what he does. Back at the carnival, while her friends and family are preparing her body for the funeral, Libby is telling Sophie stories. She never wanted a sister, just big strapping brothers who played football and joined the army. Libby is in that place with grief where it's not quite real yet, and you'll do anything you can to put off the concreteness, the foreverness of death. It's really touching. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. (laughs) All of it's just
0: awful. Fuck you, Ronald D. Moore.
1: (laughs) This is where we get the opening line from Sophie. Bad things happen in this world. Mama says things are better in the next. And I wonder if Apollonia still believes this now, or if it's a soothing lie she's continuing for the sake of her child.
0: I don't know. She is a psychic, mm-hmm. so maybe she knows.
1: I feel like she knows, because I feel like she knows what the minors are.
0: I'm not sure about that. We never really get her point of view on any of this.
1: No, we can't hear her.
0: I know, but we can get it through Sophie if they're mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. the situation.
1: I understand, but we don't get her side because, one, we can't hear her, and two, she's not telling Sophie. I feel like Apollonia Apollonia knows. But why would you tell that to your child?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Apollonia can only protect Sophie so much.
0: This is why I was wondering if the miner that was in there getting his fortune told, if Apollonia said that he doesn't have a future. Right. Because it's all just the same day over and over again.
1: Yeah. Libby says she's leaving, walking out with the clothes on her back. As soon as they leave this place, she's going to Hollywood.
0: Ooh, poor Libby.
1: And then the two cry together. Pressure is on Samson to find the man responsible, and he settles for catching whatever denizen of Babylon he can find.
0: Samson's talking back to Jonesy when Jonesy's like, management doesn't exist. I was in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And he is offended and hurt. You can see that he's hurt by the accusation.
1: Oh, yes. I love the facial acting.
0: That he's been lying to Jonesy this whole time. And he really is like, that's what you think of me? You think I would be that kind of person? But then he just starts reaching for things like, uh, yeah, sure. If he doesn't want to be seen, he can't be seen. He can do that.
1: All the male rousties enter Babylon armed. But unfortunately, it seems that during the night, the whole town cleared out and there's not a soul to be found.
0: They say that they want somebody to stand tall before the wagon. Yes. And I was already thinking it, but while watching it, I was wishing that they had the commentary for this episode.
1: Oh, my God.
0: 'Cause they were I- like,
1: We can't do that. Are you kidding me? We'll just be <laughs> sobbing.
0: I imagine that Stand Tall before the wagon is something they created for the show, but I would like to know.
1: Yeah. Carnival I was, Justice. I was curious. I looked up Carnival Justice and just found a song, so I'll plug that song at the end. Okay. It's not emo, it is hardcore, and I was like, This is not the mood I'm going for, but I'll I'll add it at the end. Okay. Um, And then I was just like, I have to go do something else because I'm too sad. (laughs) I can't keep looking up Carnival Justice. Yeah, I'm curious too. It does, Standing Tall Before the Wagon does come up in a couple of scenes because they've added it all in, whether or not it is real. real.
0: They walk up to the town and you can see in HD. Couldn't see it on the DVD. You can see it in HD that mine in the background on the mountain is just
1: oh my god shopped
0: on there yeah yeah <laughs> that's nice uh like i said i'm looking for all of the levity i can find in this episode and that's one. that's one point point. and then when the whole town is just empty you can see why that miner was not interested at all he did not care nope good luck finding a person to take responsibility
1: yep ben arrives back at the carnival
0: oh after just oh. leaving loads Which is hilarious.
1: It is. It would be awful if Lodes was anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. But Lodes had Lila take him out to this mineshaft opening. And that's where he sat for approximately 12 to 24 hours. (laughs) And then when he asks Ben to tell him about his dream, and Ben walks off. And loads is like, oh my god, at least help me back. And Ben goes from off screen. You know everything. You can find your own way back.
0: It's pretty great. <laughs> it's it's what we needed.
1: Yes, it was. It's like, oh man. So loads will arrive later. <laughs> ben gets back and notices that no one is around, which is weird because the carnival is still up. And usually there are people just kind of lounging or milling about, even if they're not tearing down
0: yeah there's no rousties there's no men and all of the women are kind of busy
1: right the first person he sees is ruthie and he has the presence of mind to ask her what's wrong which i feel like is a growth for ben as a character because
0: i think my first question would have been where is everybody
1: (laughs) yeah and he looks at her and he's like wait a second what's wrong Uh and ruthie says everything
0: it can't be the first time that they've lost a carnival member
1: I think. No, but I bet this is the most brutal in a long time. She's
0: probably the youngest.
1: Yeah. yeah. As she tells him, we cut back to Brother Justin and his CGI glass shard.
0: <laughs> that it was kind of a brutal effect. It was so
1: bad. I was like, <laughs> I'm focusing on this.
0: I remember thinking about that in 03 when I watched this going, oof.
1: It's basically he's still sitting there praying and questioning God and then this is some sort of sign or omen and it's whatever it's
0: well he's talking about when Jesus went into the wilderness
1: yeah I f- forgot to listen to what he was praying about at this point because I was still <laughs> devastated by Ruthie
0: <laughs> yeah it's the story of when Jesus went into the wilderness so when he sees the slow motion stick falling he he Sees that as a sign that he should go into the wilderness and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Great. Jesus. So he does. Jesus.
1: Justin is going on a journey. Back in town. The Rousties split up to find literally anyone. They are trying to find a being. Samson heads to the bar. It's empty. It's not cleaned up. It's just empty. Stumpy goes to the theater. Also empty. Jonesy bursts out of the general store and kicks a chair.
0: With his bad leg. With his
1: bad leg and is just yelling. Jonesy, still believing that management doesn't exist or knowing management doesn't exist or never seeing management, whatever's happening with management, blames Samson for Dora Mae's death and the whole affair.
0: Oh, and Samson's not having that shit.
1: No, and Samson says, you can drink yourself blind and you can call me a liar, but this little girl's death is not on me. Yeah,
0: and he's right. Sort of.
1: Right. He's not all the way right.
0: Coming here was definitely a reason Dora may died, but he's not responsible for other people's
1: actions. I agree. And he did say no blow off.
0: Yeah. So there's There's some responsibility to to spread around, but in the end, it's whoever did it.
1: Yes, of course. At some point, they just realize they're not going to find anybody. And what does Stumpy say?
0: He says, I just want to bury my little girl.
1: And he walks off. He drops his gun at Samson's feet and walks back to the carnival.
0: Back when, before they left the carnival to find somebody, Rita Sue was like giving him a gun and saying, you're going to find somebody to pay for this. And you could see the trepidation on Stumpy's face. And it's not because he doesn't want justice for his girl. You can just see that Stumpy's not a killer. Yes. And that's all it is. Yeah. He he wants this to happen, but he doesn't want to be a part of it.
1: Yeah. He doesn't want to be responsible for... Metting out the justice. Yeah,
0: it's oh, oh god oh everybody acts so well in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every good job, everybody. <laughs> yeah, good job, everybody involved with this episode of
1: television. Oh my god,
0: kudos to you. Emmy awards all around. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my god. So when Stumpy walks off, the rest of the Rousties follow because obviously Stumpy is the is. They're like, well. We're off, we're never going to find anybody here. And Stumpy is heading back. It's time.
0: The one guy tries to say, Stumpy, somebody's got to pay for it. And he's just, no.
1: Oh, I, I that just... guy, I was like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> shut <laughs> up, you. You're <laughs> leaving.
0: Everybody's going through it right now.
1: That guy. That guy is one of the Rousties who keeps showing up. And I'm like, oh, it's that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like three Rousties that are <laughs> in most of the episodes.
1: Uh-huh. Back in California, Iris goes to check on Justin again. Oh, because she went to check on him at one point and he yelled at her and wasn't going back. Obviously, he's been grieving in this ministry slash orphanage that's burned down. And she goes back to check on him. We don't know how many days it's been that he's been grieving here. She finds his Bible and she's like, oh shit. And then she finds his torn collar on the ground. So he has ripped off the symbol of... Yes. Brotherhood. Yes. He is gone. She rushes back to their house. As she gets to his door, she hesitates Uh because she knows he's not going to be in there. But she hesitates and she opens it and just stands there. We don't see in his room, but we know he's not there. Although we see him in a little bit. Well, we see him in just a minute. And he's not carrying anything. So he didn't like pack up his room either. No, he
0: just went off into the wilderness just like
1: Jesus. He just walked off in his suit. Jesus gets off. Jesus. (laughs) See? Justin gets off a bus near some citrus groves and mountains and walks down the side of the road. I don't know why this is a bus stop. I don't know why this is where he stopped. This is not wilderness, and this is not near a town, and this doesn't seem like a reasonable place to stop.
0: Well, if it's not near town, then it is wilderness.
1: No. Wilderness is... Sure. Orange
0: groves is wilderness. No, it
1: isn't. (laughs) No. But we just see him walking along the side of the road. Back in Babylon, three guys watch Ben dig Dorme's grave. I'm assuming that they're taking turns. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: They must be. It would be wild if it's just (laughs) guys watching Ben.
1: But in this shot, that's what it looks like. It looks like three guys watching Ben dig a grave. The only thing said, I think, in this whole scene is Ben asks, is that deep enough? And Jonesy just gives him a look and he just turns back around and (laughs) keeps digging. Jonesy tells Samson the grave is ready, and they have a discussion about moving on in trust. Jonesy says he's leaving. He's going to Tucson, where the Daly brothers should be coming through soon. Tulsa. Whatever. <laughs> then everyone gets dressed in their best for the funeral, and it's heartbreaking.
0: Yes, the pallbearers are all in their finest, and Gabe is in his strongman
1: outfit. I know. <laughs> it was really nice. Yeah. And sweet. I'm not going to talk about the funeral, so if you have anything that you want to say.
0: Okay. A <laughs> couple things about the funeral that I want to touch on. Pretending to cry is very hard. <laughs> okay. It is one of the hardest acting things a person can do. Just ask Nick Stahl. Oh my god. <laughs> He's not very good at it.
1: Don't ask me, because I'm crying right now.
0: Well, you're not acting.
1: No. Oh my god.
0: But before they all walk away, they everybody drops something into the grave. Does Sophie drop the dress into the grave? She does. That's what
1: I thought.
0: That's such an interesting choice. I
1: thought the same thing.
0: What is that about?
1: I'm not sure yet.
0: Yeah. I've been
1: thinking about it and I'm not sure. I don't know if it was the prettiest thing that she owns. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if it was because of the style of Dora Mae's death. She's decided to change her yeah, approach yeah
0: like she's not going to be doing that anymore but to leave that with Dora Mae makes that kind of if that's the reason for it that's kind of oof
1: I don't think it's I don't think it's a negative statement about Dormay. is that no, what you're getting at no
0: not a negative statement about Dora Mae, just like a weird choice to make yeah this is a thing that was going to get me killed so I'm gonna leave it with you instead
1: <laughs> yeah that could be a read, I think it's probably the prettiest thing that she has. Let's
0: go with that. Let's go with a generous read.
1: No, no matter what Apollonia thinks of it.
0: Right. <laughs> and I can't tell you why, but for some reason, the thing that got me the most was Samson dropping his card, Samson the Magnificent, in there. That hit me. That hit me right in the throat where you get your lump. <laughs> yep. That got me, and when he said, this is from management, and it was a really nice, expensive pocket watch. So, wow. I, I don't know what to think about that.
1: Yeah. I was trying to read the title of the book that Gabriel put in there.
0: Tim and Trip?
1: I have a feeling it was, like, his favorite.
0: Uh-huh. But it was, yeah, Samson's card. I don't I don't know why, but that one really got me.
1: Ugh. Rough. Immediately after Dorme's funeral, Jonesy spots The Babylon bartender leaving town again. And the Carnies bring him in to face carnival justice. It's an elaborate ritual where the accused must pick a number, which turns out to be the number of times Samson will fire a six-chamber revolver with one bullet in it. The ritual is essentially Russian roulette. If you're alive at the end, you're allowed to go free. (laughs) This bartender. I mean, whatever we think of the bartender.
0: Oh, creepy man. You're by far the creepiest creep that ever creeped. But you certainly know how to own and run a bar. And for that, you will always be my
1: friend. All I could think of is he's tromping up this hill. He's just tromping up the hill. That he always walks up. <laughs> uh huh. And then when he gets to the top, he's like, shit. Because the Rousties have come around in their cars. Yeah. He can't go anywhere. He knows he's got.
0: Before they go in there, uh, Ben is just sitting, hanging out. And I like the fact that Lodes walks up and he can just smell Ben. <laughs> he knows Ben's smell. That's pretty fantastic. I is, know you're there, boy.
1: <laughs> is it that or is it the the magic vibes?
0: He took a sniff.
1: Ah. Okay. He, he
0: he sniffed in the air and when I know you're there, boy. The bartender guy, Stangler. Yeah. I think his name is. Some of the weird shit he says is No, there there's lots of souls in Babble. I they're so still there.
1: I liked this part because It was a really interesting way of giving exposition and Uh background. So when they're inside the tent, which is where they're metting out this justice, Samson is taking his time bantering with the bartender and getting a little bit off track. And Rita Sue says, get on with it.
0: Yeah, but he's getting off track because the bartender's statements are bringing him off track. Because they're interesting. Yes. So it's not like he was just killing time.
1: No, I know. But I also understand Rita Sue's... Stands on this.
0: Yeah. But he says there's lots of souls in Babylon. Yep. He says, please take me over the hill before you do this. That's all I'm asking you.
1: Right. And Samson says, why? What's over the hill? Nothing. Nothing.
0: So if I die here, I stay here just like the rest of them. Yep. Ooh, creepy as hell.
1: He also... Essentially admits to the crime, and he says that it's not like she was a good girl, so if anybody was going to be taken, it's probably best that it was her. Right. And Stumpy punches him in the face.
0: Yeah. Stumpy loses the I'm not a killer bit for a second. Stumpy
1: would have ripped him to shreds. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) fuck this guy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I don't know that he had a hand in it directly, however. Stumpy
0: says he confessed to it, but I didn't catch that i didn't hear him confess to it he
1: says he doesn't confess to being the one who did it but he confesses to yeah that this town definitely took her on purpose right
0: and he says he'll try to look out for her as best he can yeah Uh uh-huh
1: and i was like well you're about to get in a a, a real good position to do that (laughs) oh he also before we get to the the russian roulette of it all i believe he drops scudder's name I'm not sure if that's during or after. It must be before. It must be before the Russian roulette, because I think oh. he just they he just gets <clears throat> taken away after the after that.
0: Yeah, he. You're right. He does say when he says, "I'll stay here like the rest," just like after Scudder left or something like that. He
1: says, um, "He says Scudder's name, saying that no one has been able to leave town since Scudder's death. So that's why he wanted to go across the hill because." It wasn't that he, oh, he even said, I understand why you're doing this. And I I don't hold that against you. I get it. Just take me away right. <laughs> so I could be away from here. So then we go through, he picks the number three. That's the pick a number. And um, so there's one bullet in the chamber. Samson rotates the chamber, shoots him or pulls the trigger at his forehead, rolls the chamber.
0: Only rolls the chamber the one time.
1: Does he? Oh, does he just pull cock the, yep. the thing? Okay.
0: Which makes it more of a chance that you're gonna get shot on successive trigger pulls.
1: That's right. He just pulled it away so that he could cock the the hammer. Got it. Okay.
0: Because if you're spinning it again, it's still just one in six. I chance.
1: got it. Yeah, I know. Okay. I just thought that's what he was doing, but you're right, now that I'm thinking back on it. The bartender survives the three. They did not take him across the hill, by the way. And at that point, everyone around them is clamoring for samson to fire it again jonesy steps in to put an end to the discussion the bartender is free to leave
0: i am so glad that jonesy stepped in when he did me too samson was trying to say that ain't the way we got a code but maybe he's not strong enough to
1: rita sue got can't give me my husband's gun
0: yeah she was gonna do it And then Jonesy stepped in, and apparently his authority means more?
1: I don't know if it's his authority or if him backing up Samson solidified it more. I don't think if just Jonesy had said it, it would have flown, and I don't think just Samson would have flown. I think it needed to be-
0: The united front. Yeah. But I am glad that Jonesy steps in and does this.
1: It's big because it's the beginning of the apology between the two of them. Right. They're kind of making up in this moment.
0: And then Jonesy uses management as a shield as well. Yes. Management said, we got to be gone by dawn.
1: Yep. He also orders two of the guys, two of his guys, to take the bartender back to town and not hurt a hair on his head. Yes. So the bartender gets set free. Everyone leaves the tent except for Rita Sue, Stumpy, who are not near each other. Right. They are. They have not been affectionate. For, I don't think ever, but it's <laughs> really gotten apparent in the last couple of scenes, the last couple of episodes. Yeah. And Libby is being held by Sophie. So the four of them are there. Samson's there, but he walks out and the four of them remain. And then Stumpy goes over to Libby also. Now we cut to Justin. Brother, Justin's drinking. He is drinking. Can you believe that? Yes.
0: He is fallen so far from the grace of god
1: they're allowed to drink
0: i don't know it's just
1: scandalous (laughs) he's not looking great he's definitely had a rough day i bet he has no arch support in those shoes (laughs) he is sitting around a fire by the roadside we see we see one guy just telling tales he is having a great time. Oh, my God. This guy is the epitome of a country song. My girlfriend <laughs> left me. She took my car. She took my dog. She left with my best friend. I've never been happier. I learned I didn't have to have a job. And I'm now here I just... you riding the race. <laughs> he is having a blast telling his sad story. And there's another guy there who doesn't really quite fit in. Justin doesn't really fit in. But... He's doing a better job of fitting in than this guy.
0: He's got the beat up clothes, but he's clean shaven. He's so
1: clean. <laughs> he's
0: got bright white teeth.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" Oh yeah. So what he's doing is he's trying to get more stories. Is that it? Is that the worst your story is? You're everything <laughs> in, you lost, literally everything in your entire life, and you're writing the rails. Not a good enough story.
0: Uh, I think he doesn't believe the story.
1: I think he probably has heard the same story so often that whether or not it's true is less important than whether or not it's unique. Interesting. So he notices Justin and notice I'm not calling him brother Justin. Oh. He tore off his collar. Wow. And he says, hey, what's your story? So Justin starts to relate his story. Basically, the only part that we hear at this point is the guy's like, what happened? You lose your girlfriend. (laughs) You lose your job. And Justin looks up and says, I lost my God. I lost my God. Yeah, he did it better. (laughs) So what we find out later is that this guy who didn't look like he was actually one of the The guy
0: with the beat up clothes and the clean face. Yeah,
1: that didn't look like he was one of the real jumpers. We find out he is radio reporter Tommy Dolan, and he is back in his little digs relating Justin's story to his audience. Everyone tunes in to this news hour.
0: And I understand why. Me too. Tommy Dolan has a good voice, and he's telling interesting stories. I agree. Where are you, brother Justin?
1: Oh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't also be listening. But we cut to a montage of people just leaning in to listen to this story. Does he give many details in his retelling?
0: He gives enough. He Uh, does. The city council wanted the church gone and then it mysteriously burned down. Yes. At one point, he's getting sued for libel because he explicitly says that they did it.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, man. I guess libel laws were different in 1934. (laughs)
1: God, I would hope so, but the way that the laws stay on the books, probably not. (laughs) So now we know that Justin's story is out there to the masses.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens with
1: that. That's right. So just before the carnival is ready to leave Babylon, everybody's packing up. Samson heads into the deserted town one last time to talk to the bartender. Jonesy kind of gives him a look like, hey, where are you going? And Samson's just kind of like, eh.
0: Be back in a bit.
1: I'll be back by the time we're ready to hit the road. The bartender is grateful that Samson spared his life. And Samson says, yeah, you know, that's the way. That's the code. And I was hoping that you'd do me a favor. Uh So he wants information about Scudder. The bartender tells Samson how Scudder most likely caused the cave-in, killing all the miners, and that for some reason, the dead miners returned once they died. I was there. I saw it happen. And then the next day they were back. Yep, and they have kept coming back ever since. The bartender is, once again, just like, so glad that you didn't kill me in this town because I don't really want to be here forever and ever. Samson says, hey man, thanks for the information and the whiskey and shoots him right in the face.
0: I was glad when Jonesy stepped in and stopped the vigilante justice or whatever. And I'm even more glad that Samson came back and did this. Yeah. It was hardcore.
1: Oh my gosh. So, from the AV Club, I pulled a little bit about this scene from Emily St. James. Samson seems rather resolute as he walks away, as if he's accomplished a final bit of nastiness. Because he does. He looks like, he looks satisfied. And then he sees the naked spectral image of Dora Mae in the window of one of the buildings. We see his look of horror. We cut in closer, see her look of pleading desperation, and then the hand of one of the men of Babylon swoops in around her and she's dragged back into the darkness. Samson shudders and looks like he's about to sob.
0: Yeah, the look he has on his face is... Horror. Oh.
1: But there's not really much he can do. He lives in a world with all of these supernatural elements, yet he commands none of them. All he can do is walk away. Lots of shows say that their universes contain hell or hell-like dimensions or what have you, but few make hell feel as palpable as that one image does.
0: This is the worst fate that any character has ever suffered in fiction. It's so awful.
1: And that's the end.
0: (sighs) Well, my last note was fucking hell. (laughs) Fucking hell, Kristen. What kind of song can we listen to? Because I I don't want to feel these feelings anymore.
1: Oh, my God. The only song that came to mind was My Chemical Romance, I'm Not Okay, I Promise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. We We had to get that one in somewhere. And here is a great place.
1: All I could do is after I walked away, I was like, what song? And I was like, the only song, it can only be this song. This is the only song that... I always listen to when I'm sad. (laughs) There's other songs I also listen to, but this is the only song I always listen to. So if you want a little bit of of music commentary around it, we have Nina Corcoran. She says, if you ever felt alone, rejected and confused, then you probably experienced high school. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fair. You also probably liked the music video for I'm Not Okay, I Promise. Gerard Way had grand visions and even more determination for My Chemical Romance, and Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge was just the second step in achieving his dreams. I'm Not Okay, I Promise catered to a range of insecurities and struggles, the most basic of which is what today's self-care-obsessed culture would sell as, it's okay to not feel okay, but it's so much better than that. Is it? Yes. When paired with... Chunky power chords, way's theatrical singing style, and a music video MTV couldn't shake. The song threw emo into the mainstream and into every hot topic in America. (laughs) It's true. It's kind of like this Tommy guy's story of Brother Justin throwing him into every home across America.
0: (laughs) Brother Justin in every hot topic in every mall.
1: That's right. I'd buy that t-shirt. My Chemical Romance made the misunderstood look familiar, the goths look friendly, and depression look flattering. There's a reason they were major label darlings back then, and so with that indelible intro riff, I'm not okay, I promise, helped usher in a wave of MySpace emo that would define a generation, (laughs) whether emo purists wanted it to or not. MySpace emo. Yep, I
0: love it. Hilarious.
1: Because remember back in MySpace, you could set your song?
0: Oh, yeah. I created a MySpace music page just to upload songs that I wanted for my regular MySpace page that weren't available on MySpace.
1: <laughs> uh, ripping music and sharing music and saying all of your feelings through music. Definitely a time in life.
0: MySpace was way better than Facebook because I knew how to write HTML back then. So I can make my MySpace page look cool.
1: Oh, and I don't think it matters on Facebook.
0: No, you can't do any HTML on Facebook. And they all look the same. You can't even that. change your background.
1: Nope. It's all branded. You can change your header image.
0: Yeah, I deleted my Facebook years ago.
1: I deleted mine first.
0: Congratulations.
1: (laughs) The Rotating Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed, edited by Dave Reed. Thanks for being here, and if you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Tell us that we are fighting the righteous battle in podcasting good and evil.
1: That old-time religion.
0: That old-time podcast religion.
1: Or, even easier, tell people about us. It really helps us out.
0: You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cast Files.
1: We also auto-post to YouTube, if that's your streaming service of choice, or if you like closed captions. And finally, email us at therotatingcastfiles at gmail.com.